and welcome to episode 234 of the F Reality Podcast, a podcast featuring the latest news and information from our beloved VR industry. As for our topics, first, some new headsets announced, and some competitors are now cutting down their prices. Hmm. Second, Adam Bombadi takes the Pimax Crystal for a ride, a review, and last, Meta Connect in person FOMO? We get it. But not to play the devil's advocate, but uh, isn't that the vision and future Meta wants in the first place? Or not? More on that later. First off, get ready for a colossal collision of creativity and chaos. It's time to step into the virtual ring and introduce to you the one and only the explosive sensation of mixed reality content creation, the mastermind behind the mayhem, the one who loves zombies, holiday vibes, and a dash of controlled chaos. She's the atom bomb body. Hailing from the digital realm, this content creator extraordinaire is here to blow your mind and bring the virtual world to life like never before. With a passion for mixing reality and unreality, she's not just a creator, she's a content creating commander. Yeah. How Dang. are you, Adam? <laughs> that was <laughs> what's new with so you. I didn't know what to expect. Hey, I, I didn't know what to expect. I'm so I, excited for my one. <laughs> Man, okay, I am so proud of you. That was a great intro. That was like I, I feel awake now. <laughs> like <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll go. tell you later what I used. <laughs> okay. But um <laughs> I, besides Starfield, uh, you know, I have to do the VR stuff too. I can't just play flat screen all day, every day. Um, I've been actually getting into co-op VR stuff because that's, I, I, I'm not a um, PVP population one battle royale kind of person. I really, really love uh, good co-op games. And so over the past two weeks, I've tried um, Dungeon, Dungeons of Eternity um, early but I can talk about it, I'm pretty sure, hopefully. I played that with uh, Genghis and Tatiana yeah, a couple days ago. And then um, I tried Hellsweeper VR, which came out what, like ye yesterday or day before yesterday or something like that. And um, I liked both of them, but the multiplayer co-op for both, I, I, not, beggars can't be choosers, but I really wish it was like campaign co-op, you know? It, it, so for both of these, it's more like you go in and there's different modes, so like, you know, you got your typical right. like survive mode uh, and waves of enemies or um, like different objectives. Like for Dungeons of Eternity, you have to kill enough enemies to gather batteries to be able to power up this robot or um, even for Hellsweeper VR, which I had a hard time at first. So if you have the same bug that I did where you can't find any friends because you put in their friend code and it's like failed oh, to add friends. Yeah, so that's my life. <laughs> failed to add friends, friends, just like in real life, right? Um, we had to do the thing where it's like you count down, you go on Discord and you count down from three and then you click quick join at the same time and pray that you get the same lobby. And eventually it worked. And then that seemed to fix our, um, then we could add each other as friends for whatever reason. But yeah, they're nice. both, like, I liked both of them because again, co-op, but I wish that you could do like story with them, like Carnage Chronicles. I think Carnage Chronicles, I still hold near and dear to my heart. Um, and even uh, the first Arizona Sunshine because you could do the campaign. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I like them, but I was I think my expectations were a little higher in terms of what you could do with with your friends versus just modes and dungeony style like mm -hmm. join and leave. It's like I want to I want to go through a story. So 
we'll, it's we'll so see. lame. I, we don't see that as much, like multiplayer co-op games in VR. Yeah, I mean, well, what worries me is Hellsweeper is done by Vertigo, and then Vertigo's Arizona Sunshine 2, but the first one had story co-op, so yeah. I hope they don't cheat it for the second one and just be like, oh, you, you know, it's just... Here's waves of zombies yeah. and kill them together. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, no, I want to go through this damn campaign. I want to go through the story with my friend. And they both have dogs, right? And I don't know if there's like a leveling up system in Hellsweeper. So I don't know if you can actually both get the dog eventually. Like it's it's a very it's gonna take me a long, long time just to get to level two. Uh it's it's <laughs> you get a very small amount of XP per win. It's kind of you, you go from like, you know, you you kill the enemies in this one, kill this one, then you get a boss at the end, sort of a thing. There's loot chests that you can unlock during each map. But by the end, even if you complete it, it's like, oh, you have like, you know, maybe 5% out of 100% of the, <laughs> the full circle <laughs> to get to level two. And I'm like, oh God, geez. So I have, you know, I haven't gone that far yet to see, uh, get more of the unlocks or know if you can both have dogs at the same time. Cause that's, that's my priority. I was like, can we both have dogs? In co-op, or is that a single player? Are the dogs different? Thing? Do you know? Are the dogs different, or is it the same? Dog? I don't know. I mean, at least for players, like you, you can customize your avatar. You can oh. unlock different masks, and like the little vein, your veins glow, so you can have different like vein glow colors and uh, a couple other things that I forget. But yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. I, I, I please, please, if somebody from Vertigo or the Arizona Sunshine Two team is listening, please allow us to do co-op campaign with our friends. I, I, I'd be, I would love that, please. All right. That's awesome, Thanks. Adam. All right. I, so what's I, up? I'm going to, I'm going to get my introduction now, but I, I swear if it's just going to be like, oh yeah, and Rowdy's here too. Oh dude. Yeah, be, oh dude. No, 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 listen, 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 listen. Gather around everyone. Gather around because it's time to step into the digital squared circle and meet a true Titan of the tech world. He's the Brainiac Brawler, the coding warrior, the one who bridges the gap between the virtual and the machine. Introducing Rowdy. Hailing from the far reaches of cyberspace, Rowdy isn't just a computer scientist, he's an AI aficionado. And he's here to prove that knowledge is power when it comes to virtual reality and content creation, and most of all, audio wizardry. He's not just an expert, he's an innovator. Rowdy, my man, what's new with you, my guy? Man, this week, <laughs> I bought a new mouse. Let's go! Oh, epic! And that's honestly, that is, that is my highlight. That's honestly my highlight this week. I know it sounds stupid, but there's two things that I never save on when I buy a computer. That's a keyboard and a mouse and kind of also a screen, I guess. I mean, because you need a proper screen. And... I mean, I know it sounds silly, you know, buying a mouse and making a highlight out of this, but the previous mouse that I had and the mouse that I still have, which I love, is this this Logitech. It's the, the G502 Lightspeed. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is wired though, really, so I can't really show good you. Mouse. But... Really yeah. good. It's, but it's a pure gaming mouse, this yeah. one. Like, I mean, you can work it for like, you, you can use it for work and that kind of stuff and it's very comfortable. Uh, and all the buttons on there are great for like gaming if you're doing any kind of like RTS or like you're doing some kind of like... Uh, you know, Diablo style or you're doing Age of Empire, whatever it is, then, you know, all those buttons are nice. The only annoying thing is, is that, as some of you might know, I switched to a Mac workstation not that long ago. <laughs> and working with a Mac and this is not really the greatest experience, also because it's a USB, you know, like you don't have USB ports on a mouse anymore that are large. You know, the, the, the type, what's it, type 2.0, type 3.0, you only have the USB-Cs. 
Um, so that doesn't make this like a really great, I need to buy like a plug for it. I need to buy like an adapter and then like the, the features, cause the, the mouse trackpad of like the, the Apple is so good. You know, you kind of get used to working with that. So I was looking for a mouse and I don't like the magic mouse from, yeah, from Apple. I just don't like it. I, <laughs> if I have to work on that for like hours, I get like this like weird claw finger and like, I, I, yeah. it just like starts hurting. Uh, and also, if you need to charge it, you need to. You can't use the mouse while you're charging it, which is just stupid. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think that's a good thing. And then you have the trackpad as well that you can buy externally from Apple, which is great, but really expensive. And it's it's just a trackpad, you know, like it doesn't give you some of the features that I like about a mouse. So the mouse that I bought here, I, here it comes. Is the wait the MX Master 3S, and it's a. It's a really nice mouse. Like it's such a good mouse. So not only does it have a, a, a like a scroller on the top, but it also has like a scroller on the on the side here. Ooh, so I can scroll with this as well. So it allows you to do these like kind of flicks with your yes. screen, like to the left and to the right. And then also it has so it's it's a Bluetooth mouse. So you can connect to it with Bluetooth, which makes it easier for me because I now have three workstations. I have a Windows PC. I have a Linux workstation, which I use for my heavy loads, and now I also have a Mac system. So this now has a little button here on the on the on the bottom that automatically lets you link so three different workstations to this. So this is perfect for me. My keyboard has it as well as a Bluetooth keyboard, is a Keychron uh, mechanical keyboard. Love that keyboard and allows me to connect three workstations as well. So the only thing I have one screen set up, but that screen now allows me to connect to three different workstations, and I've used tools. Um, like Synology and Synergy and these kind of things before that kind of like helped out, mm -hmm. but they're not like, because sometimes you get a little bit of a stutter, yeah. you know, like when you're going and like, I just, that just freaks me out when I'm working. Like if, I, if I'm trying to do stuff with my mouse. So like this mouse, the MX Master 3, 3S is, um, yeah, it's a beast. It really is. Like it has up to 8,000 DPI as well. So it's like, you can really fine tune that. And it works brilliant across all of my different workstations. And it's so. local too, which is so much better because you mentioned Synology and, and it's so true that the latency can become a problem when you're just like in, you know, focus mode and then your mouse just starts exactly. freaking out on you when you're just trying to open a, or minimize a window. So I get that, dude, that's a badass yeah. mouse. So if, if, if people are looking for a mouse, it's actually, it's not much more expensive than I, I think the, 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 the magic mouse is like 110 or something that you have. And I think this one was 120 Canadian dollars. So, um, so it's, it's not too expensive for a mouse either. Um, and I, I really have to say, like, I'm loving this. It's also like the way that it's, that it's made, like it's very ergonomical yeah. with like this little rest bed that you have here. I like those. So it, it feels great as well. Yeah. That's probably the cost mouse. right there. The 3d printing that specific it mold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it's and it's specifically made with like macOS in mind as well. So you That's have cool. all of those like swipes from like the left and the right and you have like a middle mouse button that lets you like swipe everything up and like so it really like improves your workflow if you're using a macOS system as well. And you can fine tune it for specific applications as well. So for example, if you want your scroller to work differently in for example Excel or work differently in Firefox or Safari or Chrome, then whatever you can set that up as well. Yeah, that's that's my highlight. Man, that is, that is a highlight. I'm like, man, like, that is. <laughs> I do. I love I do have one. I know. I 
I know that Zim is not here since yeah. he's been like traveling. I don't know if you have an intro I for do. him. I do. We, we should probably oh, okay. address okay. that. So, like, let, let's because he did set me a highlight oh, as well. So okay, I'm perfect. definitely so going we'll, to show we'll that. Yeah, so go for, for the intro. Go so for it. Zim, so the power streamer himself, is currently at on this at a undisclosed location in Calabasas, California, United States, where he is in what the public only knows as the quote meat ranch where the top most formidable <laughs> fighters and trained martial artists gather and train for underground tech billionaire fights. Zim has officially joined the Mark Zuckerberg fight camp as part of his commitments as meta ambassador and is helping Team Mark and Team Boz cut down to fighting weight for the upcoming Meta Connect. We hear they're throwing all kinds of punches and kicks. Zim, can't wait for your return next podcast for you to take over and share with us all the highlights from Meta Connect. Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, I mean, to, be, him, to yes. be honest, he's uh, he's uh, he's just in jail. But uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he can't object. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like, sorry, Sam, but like, uh, maybe he'll be back. You know, yeah. like maybe he'll have a little bit of a different environment, or we see him in a couple of months looking a bit more buff. Uh, <laughs> here was trying to make a so, good elaborate line, and, and here comes Rowdy. Like, no, he's in, he's arrested. The man, the man. <laughs> yeah, it's all over. It's all, all downhill over. from here. Anyway, so he, he he sent me a message a couple of days ago, and I'm, I'm just going to read the message yes, because it made me laugh because it was like a typical sim message. <laughs> so he said, uh, hey, Rowdy, I know I'm not there for the podcast, but I wanted to leave you a completely odd little shout out to Karam, who runs uh, Fivars. I don't know if, if that's yes. how you pronounce it. Karam, or Fivars yes. or Fivars. Yep. Yeah. So this was from his showcase last weekend, and it was so artsy that Blair had to leave the room. So, you know, Blair from uh, Lo-Fi. Yeah, there we go. So even, even like, he's a very artistic person. He makes amazing stuff. And even he found it too artsy, so apparently had to leave the room. Uh, I nearly cracked up laughing too. Now I know why people snickered at SoundSelf, uh, where I was mourning on the floor in an empty room. Again, like, I don't know if all of this is true, but uh, yeah, there we go. In the chair. So I'm going to show, I'm just going to show a little video actually, because he showed me a little video. He didn't show it to you guys. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to see. So, but anyway, so wait, can you see it? Yep. Oh, there we go. Um, there we go. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. There we go. All right. Wait, so what is this? What am I looking at again? I, or I don't know if you know, cause you're not Zim, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Zim. I'm not is Zim. It, but we all try, said, though. This is a... So this looks it, like Jizzy what, on what Real Life. <laughs> <laughs> so in the chair is Amy, who helps on, uh, who helps to put on the show. And he also spoke to the artists afterwards. And he said exactly uh, that as well. So where it looks ridiculous from the outside, but it's transcendent inside of VR. So you can see this person sitting in the chair. And she's being like moved around, like grabbed. And like terrifying. some person's like dancing. But the funniest part is just the people sitting around there watching it. You know, that's... <laughs> That's that's probably what like I I I also be like yep yeah, nope I'm out I'm, this is too much for me but I just love how they're sitting there watching this person politely yeah in VR and they're probably wondering like what is going on here and the person who's sitting in the chair she's having this like wonderful experience because she's also like you can see her like smiling and she's like turning her head to the left and turning her head to the right and I think it's like in sync. With like what the, because the woman is wearing headphones, the woman uh, behind her who's like doing all the movement. So I think she like knows what is going on and sometimes like, you know, it. it's like, it's like touches her like on the side and she's like, oh yeah, I can feel that. And this probably is in sync with like the video itself. Um, so yeah, that was, that was just kind of funny. Yeah, this, this is, is yeah. 
more of a performance art or like yeah, oh yeah it, no, it's, oh, it's yeah. essentially performance arts I, mean, yeah, I feel yeah. like that, it's a this, solo activity maybe as think, a spectator this is yeah. a strange <laughs> i think it's i think it's functionality being disguised as performance art because there's parts where she has like i, I don't know if it's like a blanket or pillows around the person in the headset so i think that they're just making the person feel that way so instead of just walking up to the person and putting a pillow over it, they're like, let me just dance around them. And then, you know, like, I feel like Swaddle. the performance, yeah, the performance is hiding <laughs> it all. It's similar. Funny enough, you mentioned jizzy arms, but that's. <laughs> it's without yeah. the robotic it arms. It's a bit weird yeah. too, too, because you can't like be like talking to someone or like shouting. So you have to just watch there in silence, watch yeah. this person. have like a VR transcendent experience like completely out of herself yeah <laughs> yeah interesting i don't do well to be honest th this really highlights that i don't do well in mature art like installations like this i i i, I would be so immature laughing and cracking up like i i i i love technology i love art i love the dance among it all but it's just this is too uh, uh, too real, too artsy for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so Blair is in the chat as well because I saw him <laughs> saying that uh, there's also like this weird loop music from them howling into a mic. Oh no, <laughs> that's yeah, true. No, like that's... I didn't put the audio on, of course, now because you know we're talking over it and stuff. But indeed, if you if like if you if you have the audio version, it's just like weird, like how that's going in the background. Uh, I mean, it's do you have a, it's can, not you, me, can you can you try to make the it's howl? interesting so that yeah, audio wait. listeners can. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do it. I, I'm, just, I'm just pretending. I felt immersed for a second. I'm not going to lie. I was immersed there for a second. Just close your eyes and you'll get it. I, I don't oh, know if I ever dude. will. No, that's a highlight. And of course, chat, thanks for coming out. And anything highlighting there? And as we read the chat highlight, I'm Jose, the VR tech, a wild, loud, and smart for do so myself. An entrepreneurial mastermind focused on VR adoption and all the business mechanisms behind it all. And my main highlight this week has been busy work. Like, quite honestly, just busy, 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 uh, busy I, I, I thought you were still about jizzy. Jizzy, jizzy work, busy work, you know. Jizzy work. I'm at the point where I don't know which one's which, to be honest. It's just, <laughs> I have been nonstop the, the last three weeks to the month. I've been nonstop having meetings and they're exciting ones, right? It means the industry's coming back. So now for the last week, I've just been just working and just looking forward to doing nothing at the end of the day. So <laughs> it's literally what I've been doing. It's just staring at screens, watching TV shows, just turning my brain absolutely off. I've been watching uh, For All Humanity. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that show. It's an Apple TV exclusive, I think. Gross. No, I'm just kidding. No, I haven't. It is. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of grossed out too by the name, but it's uh, it's like this super, I, I call it uh, This Is Us for nerds. I don't know if you heard of This Wait, Is how Us. How is it called? For All Humanity. It is. No, it, oh, no. Rowdy, you're going to love this premise. It's, so it's essentially what if the space race never ended, in fact, accelerated when it started. So what if the USS, the, the Russians started, you know, going head toe to toe on Mars? What if um, the moon landing was done by the Russians before America mm. and all the politics behind it and the bureaucracy? It's such a great, inspiring show because you always think about like, what if space exploration never really stopped? But there's realities of physics well, it, and... It never did stop, It never stop, did right? stop, you know? right? That's true, that's true. But I'm talking about like actual living on the base and building 
the what we're now trying to see you know elon do with spacex and i i don't want to spoil too much of the show because even though you know going mm -hmm. to the moon was a great achievement yeah it's not like it was very useful right you exactly know, like, it would have been better if they would have just like you know oh, sent dude. like a you know, like a, a sampler or something yeah. and brought so, it back. This Over. show highlights this in such a powerful way because they go into, it's a very scattered throughout time and connecting these astronauts. So they don't give you kind of the boring stuff through a show. They give you the, the highlights. And right. in this, they give you a lot of good reasons why space exploration should have never stopped, right? Uh, a lot of uh, potentially world-saving uh, scenarios happen early in the show, like solar storms. Uh, and they're, you know, they're not protected by earth they're like right at the surface of the moon so they show the the horrors of that and in and, and um one important scene of season one that I, I i kind of a spoiler but it's not a big one that kind of locked me in is they end the the they enter the 80s with a rocket that looks a lot like the big rocket from uh, spacex the one that can carry like pretty much it's the biggest rocket I've ever seen the penis so they kind of yeah the venus um so they had they they take off to to the moon with that one. So they kind of let you it just your brain just goes into imagination. So it's yeah, man, getting ready for a very busy fall, and that's my highlight. So how about so that the is, chat? That is for all mankind. For all mankind, I highly recommend. So if you guys have Apple TV, Ooh. I definitely aliens? recommend. Any aliens? No aliens. no aliens. Just just some good oh, old man. Americans versus like Russians. <laughs> It's almost it's very good if you're playing Starfield right now too. I feel yes. like I mean Starfield goes yeah. after yes. you know people already developed gravity drive and all that, but I feel like this would be a good period like when they're starting to yes if, if they I don't know I feel, it feels like perfect. I, I want to watch it now. Maybe oh dude, I can't wait to talk to you about this show. It. It's really good. <laughs> it, it's it's one of those shows that it like it flies under the radar because it's it, there's a lot of investment because they're kind of making you connect with these astronauts and. You kind of get bored really early in the first few episodes, but then you start realizing, oh, wait a minute, these guys are taking straight up, you know, life or death missions and the just all the the, the strings behind it all. Definitely recommend. So, yeah, so anything good with it, the Is chat? it set in the future or is it set in the past? It's in the past. So it starts off in the early 50s. So right up to... 1969 that's my first right, one right, right. so right. they 1969 happens but in a different the the in 1969 um they failed getting into yeah so that's where the, the timeline split which is america failed landing onto the moon they were pulled back and the russians landed and it was and this is where it gets cool it was a first woman on the moon and it was a russian oh, woman and so yeah. You uh, always think about and you and you, you 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 said it yourself is we didn't find anything interesting on the moon, and we stopped. But what would have happened if a Russian woman landed on the moon and all of a sudden the the the, the politics behind putting a woman on the moon and being first into split you know the the, the conversations behind that were so huh. disruptive mm -hmm. that the United States just pushed aggressively towards uh, space. It's really no, no, cool. But, uh, it's not that I that I think that we didn't find any anything interesting on the moon. What I, what I'm saying is that it was more uh, like a personal achievement from the U.S. to put a person on the moon, but that money probably would have been better spent yeah. in the missions that they did afterwards when they started sending rovers and you know like sending like you know equipment in order to like do particular tasks and like you know those kind of things are probably more beneficial. But of course, the, the idea eagle. of putting a person on the moon 
like is something that probably drove a lot of funding towards that particular branch of research. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Anything from the chat, guys? Anything we can highlight here? What's the chat up um, to? Someone, someone mentioned Portal, the Portal 2 VR mod, which I haven't Ooh, tried yet, but so I really good. want to. Have you tried it? I haven't, but I seen some gameplay, and it's what I like about the 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 mention of Portal is it. I don't know about you guys, but Portal is like a really dear game to me, and it's just seeing this new generation just embrace this game, and probably what could be such a cool way to play it for the first time. Man, like I really you know, wish I could have tried that. Like I was telling my husband about this, and he was like, "Imagine if, say, you know, like Deckard launches or whatever, and their flagship instead of Half Life Alex is some kind of like." Portal 3. And imagine the co-op like that would come with that. Because Portal 2 had good co-op too. I know we're taking this back. But Portal like, 2 is amazing. The, yes. Yeah, the co-op was so good and so cute. And it's just like yes. everything's great about it. But I don't know. I don't want to give false hope to all of us because I think we're just in it. Yeah, that's what this show is all about. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. false <laughs> hope. Copium. That's, that's <laughs> if we don't do it, who else will? <laughs> so, question. Portal 1 ending song or Portal 2 ending song? Ah. I, I I don't remember them. I can't maybe, answer. Them. Oh, really? oh, maybe so two only because I I don't, I'm gonna be biased though because it's not the song, but I like Glados's form and two a little better. Yeah, she's like yeah, she was cool in two. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they're both by the same singer. Yeah, <laughs> the same that's voice, true. But this, this is, the lyrics are different. I don't know. So I, maybe I'm a little bit more biased towards two just because of how Dude, she looks. But I they're agree. both good. And shout out to Jonathan Colton. Like, that's like, I don't know if he's still making music, but like that guy just making like yeah. really good nerdy music. It's just ace. But yeah, um, <laughs> so let's get on with the news. Uh, first up, right. we got Neuralink in the news. It looks like Neuralink is recruiting for a human trial for its brain computer interface. So, is, is this what we were talking about before, where in order to get this implanted, you actually need, does it go like under the skin yeah. in your head? In, well, I mean, it has to touch the brain. I don't know. I'm not good at smart stuff. <laughs> Robbie, you want to read the first paragraph of this article? Maybe, maybe this will answer Adam's... Uh... Wait, did, did you send me this, uh, this article? Yes, it's the Verge. Let me send you the Verge one also. Let me... Because I'm wondering, like, it's so... I don't know. I, I all I know is I'm not going to be the first volunteer test subjects. <laughs> I'll, I'll let other people so, do that first. Well, he's pulling it up on the screen now. Um, <laughs> so let's see here. It's yeah, but it's, it looks like right, yeah, it looks like it. Uh, yep, go ahead. No. You want me to read it out? Just the first paragraph. Yeah. Sure. So a few months after getting FDA approval for human trials, Neuralink is looking for its first test subjects. The six-year initial trial, which the Elon Musk-owned company is calling the Prime Study, is intended to test Neuralink tech designed to help those with paralysis-controlled devices. The company is looking for people with quadriplegia due to vertical spinal cord injury or ALS who are over the age of 22 and have a consistent and reliable caregiver to be part of the study. So okay. pretty stringent requirements. Yeah. Okay, that's... that makes sense. At least it's for people who, you know, could benefit, not just from people who want cool tech in their head. Well, or like, typically with these kind of clinical trials, this is for people who have gone through so much, you know, different kind of things already that ha that are recognized as, for example, treatments or recognized 
as particular um, things, but they haven't worked. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of outside of that realm of people that for which the, the thing that already exists works. So they can then qualify for a clinical trial if they meet all of the requirements of that clinical trial. So it's the only saying here, of course, the inclusion criteria, but they probably have a ton of exclusion criteria as well. Very often you see these kind of like like mood disorders or a specific kind of medication when you're taking these kind of things and you're probably already excluded because they want to see the effect specifically in, in people that are matching very stringent criteria. Oh, that um, makes sense. So that's typically how that works. Is would the, you would like you in- try it if it wasn't so strict? Like, do you think there is a not. use? It's insane. Yeah. It's it's it's. This is. I mean, I I know. Like, I know that Elon Musk portrays this as some kind of, like, tech that is going to be implanted into regular people. But we are very far away from that. And the the devices that they're making, these, these, you know, brain implants and, you know, under-the-skin implants, they've existed for a very long time. I've worked on those myself, even, uh, where we actually... It was a preclinical trial, so it was with, with rats, but where we installed these kind of brain modulators into the brains of rats. And and those kind of things are very common in, for example, Parkinson's disease uh, or any kind of like dop- dopaminergic kind of uh, diseases where you want to stimulate a specific part of the brain using electrical stimulation. Uh, and very often, even though this is invasive surgery, um, and you need... you. you I mean, they're not just going to give this to everyone because whatever you do when it's invasive surgery in the brain, you will be damaging part of the brain, which, by the way, is is not as troublesome as it as it sounds, because still, you know, even though neurons don't get replaced, the connections between those neurons are far more important than the cells themselves often. Huh. Uh, so uh, the connections themselves, they will, your, your, your brain is very plastic. So you, even if you have brain injury and a part of your brain literally dies off you're gonna have to go through a recovery period but very often what you see is for at least partially of those functions you retrieve those through exercise and rewiring and retraining your brain in order to overcome that of course losing neurons is never a good thing you know you don't want to get those kind of things that's why these kind of even if this you know is very minimal invasive there is no way, I think at least, unless they don't go into the brain and just go on the, onto the surface area or connect to the, the, the top part, which is the cortical areas, uh, which is likely what they're doing here is because they're looking more for paralysis control. And the motor cortex is situated more centrally uh, mm. over the middle of the brain. Yeah, so you have a, a, a motor area there, uh, which is cortical. But in many of the diseases that we, for example, depression or neurological diseases or Parkinson or dementia, uh, they're often located or start deeper within the brain, within the thalamical regions, the amygdala, those kind of regions, which are only reachable if you either go through or under, but you have to pass through certain regions in order to get there. So many of the deep brain stimulation techniques that we have for those specific regions they are inserted from the top down with a very thin needle going through a specific region. Uh, and that is done in a... We, we've been doing that for a very long period. Um, and that is for specifically electrically stimulating the brain. And there's some really cool videos on that online as well. If you, For example, you know the, the Parkinson tremor that mm-hmm. people have? Mm-hmm. And they have this little device implanted. Yeah. The device is not on and you see their tremor. And they literally turn the device on and that starts stimulating you know, their, their region of the brain where 
they where they uh, have that dopamine release. And you'll see that tremor just like disappear within a matter of seconds. It's okay. really impressive to see that kind of stuff. So, cool. um, so these kind of implants have been around for a very long time, have been FDA approved. Of course, only when medication does not work. Only when yeah. like all of those exclusion criteria don't apply. When the inclusion criteria do apply, then you see those like uh, uh, those implants happening. The brain-computer interfaces, they're more cortical or they're more like on the on the head itself. If you don't have a lot of hair, uh, you know, those kind of things, they're, they're more like uh, research grade, I would say. Um, but still like, you know, if you, if you need to start drilling into a skull, um, getting FDA approval is a, is a big thing already uh, for that. Yeah. So but bringing that just like in like a, a regular, you know, person, that's... That's definitely not <laughs> FDA approved. Yeah, it's it's so interesting you said that because it, it's so true, especially and, and it obviously makes sense that they're trying to get investors' attention and and get publicity. But there's also the 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 part that scares me the most is one of the things that I that I remember from very early on, and, and this is outside of implants, is that I always remember hearing um, certain like the body. You never really know what kind of implant or add-on or additive. Um, your body will resonate to, right? I, I remember that being a thing. I, I think like uh, 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 transplants are, are 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 one of those things that come to mind. That you're, there's certain like blood types, and and also like they have to put your medication because your body might reject the the organ entirely. And I also have seen that, yeah. And I seen that also with like earrings and piercings and it, it tattoos. Has, yeah, the tattoos are a big one. Have how do you anticipate or is there a way to know if your body is not going to just straight up go? And the reason I'm highlighting, the, highlighting this waivers. and not to get more. Yeah. But besides <laughs> the waivers is the morbidity, the, 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 the morbid side of it all. Because I, I, I have seen some articles because I think it's important to highlight is that it hasn't been, you know, sugar and rainbows for Neuralink. I have seen videos that they try to suppress heavily about some animals that are being tested on this stuff rejecting um there was a there was one that was quite graphic i saw a report that they said like a they saw like a a chimpanzee like scratching its head like on the floor until it it it, it, it uh it passed because of the 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 pain was just different and foreign oh. it wasn't necessarily painful it just felt foreign to the point that the animal didn't oh, know how to react and yeah, I think you can about feel that. it and you can't get rid of it. And so it's yeah. kind of like that would drive you crazy over time. I want, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you don't have any pain senses in, in the brain itself, of course. So you would not feel pain uh, within those uh, within those areas. Uh, also important to note. Mm -hmm. huh? Would it be more well, like a I pressure mean, against the back of the head then that they would be potentially feeling or like... Well, after the surgery or something, yeah, of course, then then you'll, you'll, you'll feel it. But for example, what they do with open brain surgery is they do that awake, of course. Huh? So they only use anesthesia to do oh, yeah. awake surgery. So weird. But because you can't do brain like because everyone's brain is a little bit different. So what they do is they, they you know, use electrical pulses to stimulate or deactivate certain portions of the brain. And a person has to be talking. For example, he has to talk about, you know, when he was a child and all of a sudden he'll lose speech. Wow. All of a sudden, he'll. I see and then, this. You know, okay, so so that area is uh, you know where the the speech is located, and they map that, isn't that? So they know that before they insert these kind of things, which <laughs> areas they need to avoid and which areas they they can go through. Yeah. Man, that's yeah, for for core motor functions. Yeah. Or for core, 
verbal functions, you don't want to lose those, of course. But uh, like I said, like this is like even though like you know Neuralink is this big company and everyone's always talking about Neuralink, but I know that um, you know brain computer interfaces they've been. I think it was a company in Australia that uh, that did that before. Uh, that was in 2021, I believe, where they already uh, uh, implanted um, uh, uh, brain computer interfaces in, uh, in in patients themselves. So this is this is like you know, of course, like Neuralink. Everybody always talks about Neuralink because of the way that Elon Musk portrays this. Like you know, this is, everyone is going to be wearing these kind of devices very soon. Mm-hmm. That's of course not the real story. This, you know, this is a, a very big research group across the world that has been working on this. And I, I don't I personally don't think that Neuralink at this point at least is leading that research. I think there are other companies that are probably a little bit further ahead in that in that particular regard. Man, that's so rad. That's I feel so itchy rad. now. I know they yeah. can't feel it, but now I suddenly feel itchy. Yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> It's just the idea of having some, and like, I, I love the advantages of having something foreign inside of your body that could like enhance you, but also the idea of not knowing what that device could do to your body eventually, or if it could be overwritten, or I, I get into like the weird hacky stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to yeah, that You don't stuff. want to be doing that with your brain though. Although yeah. there's a lot of people doing that too with direct current stimulation, right? Where they place electrodes on their brain and like... Uh, like put electrode here, put electrode there, and they drive a current through their brain to activate, you know, certain parts in order to become more focused. There's a ton of videos of people doing that as well. Just putting voltages through their brain. Oh man, if I come next podcast sounding like Einstein, then you know <laughs> like my hair's up. all like burnt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can you can look that up. Like if you type it on YouTube, like direct current stimulation. I would not recommend anyone to do it because also I think I think it's. I think it has been FDA approved for specific kind of conditions, uh, but the research in that is very uh, fluid. You know, mm-hmm. like there's there's not really. Some people say it works. Some some people say it doesn't. Some people says maybe it works for some things, uh, and you have a very large placebo effect, of course. Like uh, so. Yeah. Oh I, man, I'll pass. I, I'm good. Yeah, man, I, you know what? That's, <laughs> I'm okay. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit this one when they go <laughs> when they go to mass public. <laughs> All right. So up next, uh, next topic we have Humble Bundle. Uh, Humble Bundle is back with their Get Your Head in the Game VR Game Bundle. Um, um, let me post a link link in the chat here. Adam, you want to read their description here real quick? Let me send it to you. Yeah. I was Humble Bundle is so great, especially for yeah. some of those titles that you've been, you haven't bought, but you're like, ah, I'll do it one day. Uh, okay, awesome. Do you want me to read off the the games that we have listed? Yeah, that, or- that sounds good with me because tr- honestly, I felt the same way. Like I don't, I don't want to be mean to the Humble Bundle, but I felt like their their release their packages last few times has been kind of the same releases over and over. So this is definitely a, a, a bundle that it feels refresh even though they got zero caliber in there i feel like that, that one always is, is in every single bundle they try to get rid of those keys <laughs> so they but, have like of mm-hmm. course they're like if you buy three by six by eight you know different pricing so they have the um three for 12 american dollars and that one's got zero caliber uh, rick and morty virtual rickality well that's a that's an older one but you know it's funny if you like rick and morty uh, and stride and then the sixth item, of course, uh, 16 at least, uh, includes those three plus Propagation Paradise Hotel, which is great, scary it's game. Fantastic. Um, I Expect You to Die 2, great, uh, great I don't know, puzzle game. 
Uh, and then After the Fall, which I also love. Good co-op on that one. And then the uh, eight-item bundle, which is all of those, plus Grimlord, Demio. Um, yeah, plus Grimlord and Demio, which I think Demio for $24. Demio plus Propagation Hotel, After the Fall, I expect to die too. I think out of all of them, those are my favorite on the list, and that's well worth like over $25 if you were to get them separately. So good deal. Nice. I also like the fact that, and I, and I just noticed that uh, they, they highlighted very, I don't know if maybe they're, it was just a last add-on, but I do know that the original Stride game, I don't know if they reversed that, but they were making people repurchase the, the new updates, like Fates, I think it's called, Stride Fates, yeah. And I think that was a whole new release, and it looks like this, that's the actual release that's on the, the, the package itself, so that's pretty cool. Oh, sweet. So you're going to get Propagation Hotel, right? Or Propagation Paradise uh, no. Hotel? No, I, I see people play it. I, I, <laughs> shout out to to the guys at Wanda Dev Studios. Love those guys. But I'm just, I, I'm, I'm too scared, man. I can't do it. Like, th- those, those guys over there, they make fun of me all the time I talk to them, man. Like, they're like, are you going to try the games? <laughs> hey, like, as long as you're quiet, supposedly the zombies can't see you. So just, just shh, and then you'll be fine, probably. Just, have you, have just you don't met panic. Me? Don't have, panic do and you'll be fine. Do I seem like a quiet person, Adam? Even my <laughs> even my thinking is loud. <laughs> oh, man. Let me... So, what? Next topic? Anything in the chat, guys? Let's see here. Don't mind me trying to fix my... Just some love for the Humble Bundle? <laughs> camera over here. No worries, yeah, you're people, fine. Like I saw Ender's VR, VR case said that he loves Humble Bundle. Yeah. So, yeah that's, They've been that's going in strong for quite a while. Like, I honestly... I would probably have half the Steam, the Steam collection if it wasn't for Humble Bundle. Like it, it, I, I, every time I see a Humble Bundle, I tend to buy if it's a PC or VR release. Sometimes I have the games. I end up. I probably should start just posting keys away because I have so many keys of the same game. I probably have like thirty like zero caliber keys. So maybe help them out. Give those keys away. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I, you do see this a lot from streamers where they're like, uh, mm-hmm. have all these extra games, and here you take them. <laughs> you take them. What about this one? <laughs> it's so good. You know, I, I always, speaking of keys, I, I, I remember, I don't know if that's like a really big active community, but I remember that was like what made like Team Fortress back in the day when you can like give keys away. I don't know if you could do keys anymore, but it was items on Steam. But I remember there was a, there was like a brief point where I think they flirted with giving like gifting keys that you had in your inventory, but then they got removed fairly fast because I think people were like hacking and stealing accounts. But yeah, uh, (laughs) up next, um, a really interesting announcement I definitely want to bring up that I'm really, really excited about. Resonite, um, uh, built by the former team behind Neo's VR, uh, most of the the brain power behind uh, Neo's rather, um, has announced a October release um they have added i'll read this real quick which because it made me really excited um this is like the lead dev not like so there's yeah tldr on the neos drama the ceo and i believe like the lead dev had a falling out because the ceo just had really interesting visions and a lot of nft involved stuff and yeah (laughs) there was just it wasn't it wasn't well It, it didn't Good old NFTs. <laughs> Didn't function well between the CEO and, and the developers. So I guess this is their branching off into their own separate thing now, right? It looks like. Yeah. No, and what I what I love the most is exactly how they highlighted exactly the their approach to community building. 
right? Like right on their on their answers, they they highlighted community, uh, and I'll quote them on this: "Community is a huge part of our plans. We plan to collect feedback and bug reports from our players and make it part of our daily development cycle." And that was the, mm. the yeah that that stood out to me. They're they're seeing this as a a world that has to be cohesively built in real time with having the community involved. It's similar to platforms that are trying to get communities, but they're going after, we built everything, we'll polish it up, then we'll let the community come in, which I personally don't believe is the right way of building community, right? I, I truly believe that's why VRChat has one of the most hardcore communities out there is because they have seen that platform crash and burn, rebuild and crash and burn mm -hmm. and rebuild. Same thing with Roblox and, and, and all these other platforms. So I, I wanted to ask what you guys thought about Resonite and what the chat thinks most of all too. I, for me at least, I uh, I mean, I didn't play a lot of Neos, but when I did play Neos, like um, Skiva and there was like Turk, a couple people yes. took me through Neos to show me what's possible. And it's it's insane. It's like, I don't know, VR chat on crack. Like, in, so in yeah. VR chat, you can't, um, take items like you don't have like an inventory system you can't take items from one world to another but in neos you have not only some an inventory system you can bring props but the props have so much details to them like there's yeah. one prop where you can um you know have you have a pokeball and you can make your friends super tiny and they're yeah. in the pokeball but yeah. from the friend's perspective they are actually there's this crazy mechanics I, I there was a fart gun which yeah. you know i, I like little lowbrow humor so that was funny to me but <laughs> but the way of course, of course. <laughs> there were multiple types of farts it wasn't just one so it was programmed very well but um <laughs> it, it it's a very like even the maps that they had the interaction level of the things you can do in there is was insane so i it hope is. that they yeah. if it, it seems like they took the you know developers the good ones from that over to this and yeah. so i think it, it does have potential as long as they make the ui a lot better because oh it was so intimidating and scary it, then yeah. it's got high hopes i'm really going to be keeping an eye on this yeah one. i i i i i'm so glad you mentioned the 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 object and interactability because that's exactly at skiva funny enough was also who took me on the the neos adventure and showed me, and, and if I were, and I'd you must this, have stuck in that. You oh, must dude, have stuck in that. I, I can't like, wait. Seventy-five percent of oh, this podcast. I know if he's like... listening to this podcast, <laughs> like I know he knows a lot about Resonite. So he I, said want, he's been, I, want... I think he's watching from Resonite right now. I think oh, that's what he said earlier anyway. Get me up. in there, Skiba. <laughs> get me in there. <laughs> so, but me too. Um, yeah, seriously, get us, get us. I want to do. We should do the next podcast for Resonite. That'll be dope. But um. <laughs> one of the one of the cool things that I that, that stuck out to me from Neos, and I'm very excited to see it happen again in Resonite, is exactly the everything digital has physical interactability. Everything that you see is an asset that can be redistributed, taken, and copied, and remorphed into your use. Um, I remember getting meeting developers. Uh, I think there were Neos developers uh, that were that were helping Skiva showing me around and. I remember I had like a basic avatar and they were like, no, we need to do something a little bit more, you know, dope. And, and I, I, I'm not making this up. The dude, I, I looked, it looked like he was reaching into his coat pocket. And I, I, I like, he, he reaches <laughs> in and pulls out a, a, a zip file. A, I, I, I kid you not. <laughs> 
I thought it was something else. I, I, I know it, just, it, it sounds great, but it, it, it's like a briefcase and it looks like a zip file, like the icon, the little, the little zipper line on the folder. And he held it up and he's like, here you go. And so I grabbed that zip file. And when I hold it, I see an option that says extract and copy to your inventory. I, I, I extracted the zip file physically and there in my inventory is my avatar. And it, that's the <laughs> specific so cool, It is. It's did like, you get like the, after, after like, you know, zipping it, did you get like a notification from when WinRAR? Yes, like saying yes. You have you, to buy yes. it. Like, <laughs> that would be awesome. WinRAR shows up in front of me. He's like, hey, what's up? Been waiting for you. But uh, you actually get the little, you see the, the mechanics behind it because you see the little progress bar at the corner of the extract happening. It, it's really cool. Like, I, and I did all this while... One of the guys was was flying a life scale, a life size scale of the Pelican from uh, Halo, like the giant ship that they use. And I was like walking yeah. around, the guy's like flying it, and he's like, "Dude, you want to see something cool?" <laughs> and he flew that Pelican into a different world that turns out to be the world from the home world from Kingdom Hearts One, Destiny Islands. For my nerds who know what that is, and. He showed me that, and I was telling him how much I love Tron, and then he pulled out a Tron motorcycle. So now I'm riding the Tron motorcycle in this island while there's a Halo Pelican flying over it. It, it there's is so much you could do, dude. Like, it like, is there's mountable stuff. Mm-hmm. People have made like a yes. dog that you can ride. Like everything. Yes. Like there's this. Is this? I I swear I. I think there was a couple times where I tried to show friends Neos and we didn't even end up world hopping. I just would go through the inventory and pull out random items and be like, look what this does. And then we would just play with random Dude, stuff. Like we wouldn't so even look fun. at the world. It's just like, look what this thing does. I, I did too, before we go on further, wanted to yes. uh, give a shout out to Vexner3, who was amazing, amazing, gave us a super chat and um, oh. said project idea for VR vets, uh, tracking advancement of virtual reality hardware and software as we approach parity with human thresholds. Uh, each sense has their own chart to track VR. Uh, H, H, I'm trying to figure out what HWS hardware software means. Oh, hardware, hardware software yeah. uh, to parity over time to perf- to perfect VR can reach in lifetime to perfect VR. Sorry, that was a, I like that. I'm trying to wrap yeah. my head around that one. Yeah, I think what uh, project idea for VR vets tracking advancements of virtual reality hardware and software as we approach parity. So I, I think what I'm they're talking about is one to one parity with tracking. Um, that's the very one of the biggest misconceptions with VR. We can highlight that, and as we lead into our first uh, topic, um, the accessibility to parity for tracking. Tracking technologies have existed. It's just hard to see um, in home consumer VR, right? Because the hardware isn't accessible. There's a lot of metrics and technology which leads us in into our first news topic, Varjo, uh, Vario actually. Vario. I say Vario because. Of, Jay, but it's Vario announces their price cuts. Um, I believe they're now at a, a sub a thousand for Ooh. the yeah, Vario. it was like 50% off, like 1990 yeah. to 990. And Ooh. I was like, did I read this right? This yeah. is like, this is comparable with like Valve Index if you need the whole kit, you know, like, yeah. but is it uh, Vario there? Do they use base stations or they're they're base stations? They're base they're stations tracked, uh, yeah, and they also wonder, use probably one of the, the most. At the time, right, that that's the reason the prices are coming down, because at the time, this was the only way for you to get really good pancake lenses and pretty much the, the graphical layering that you were going to be able not to see on a affordable MetaQuest 3. Um, and that's the reality is that these hardware, they're just really inaccessible for 
seeing tracking parodies. Uh, they use base stations, right? That's, as you mentioned, Adam. So you're going to get the best style of tracking. So it's important that, yeah, like it, it, it's hard to say that we want to see a world like that when it exists. It's just you need a big bank account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, different use cases, different audiences. Like some people are just going to want to jump in and some people want the best of the best. So I, I think it's still it can be good to have the different options as long as we don't go too crazy with it. I, I, I don't know, I guess. I don't know. Because at the same time, more is always good. It just depends on how much work you're willing to put into the thing Ooh, that you want. Question. The best graphics or the, I don't know, whatever is the smoothest frames, you know. Um, you're going to have something that maybe can do an okay job right away. Or if you're willing to spend more money and do a bunch of tweaking in software, then <laughs> you yeah, can. Yeah, that's, that's so important to, to highlight too, Adam. It's, it's developers also have a lot of control with fine-tuning tracking, right? The, the fine-tuning tracking, it's very difficult when tracking is kind of considered uh, software agnostic in some cases. Um, so you don't have that that fine-tuning that you can do with software unless you're really going after, um, as described in, in our super chat, that it goes after training or a very hyper-specific use case. And that leads me to a question for you guys. How much are you willing to pay for a high-end headset? Like something that actually gives you the the hyper-precise tracking and, and hyper-precision uh, visuals. Like, for example, the Vario was, what, 13, uh, 12, 2,000, I think, originally, and now it's 900? Is that still... And the crystal's like 1,600. I see, but I... I'm not willing to go through the headache of crappy setup. If I have to fight this thing just to get it to even be detectable by my computer when it really should like, okay, display port, USB-C. If that doesn't like get it to be discoverable on my computer, then I don't care about, you know, the high end graphics. I just want it to work. So I don't have to cry on Reddit and Google for hours trying to yeah. figure out what's wrong. So I think to me, the setup um, or just, you know, the plug and play is going to be more important to me than the graphics, honestly. Like I, I just want, I just want in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard that, to put yeah, a price I, I on think, it. I think there's a little bit like, you have like, you know, the law of lesser returns, you know, mm. as you approach, you know, the optimal situation more and more, you, you'll see like the amount of effort you need to put in to still get an improvement is so large that, you know, like it's very easy if you start from the bottom up, you know, you do a little bit of improvement and, you know, your resolution shoots up. You know, if you go from, you know, 100 pixels to 1,000 pixels, you know, that difference is enormous. But if you go from, you know, 100,000 pixels to a million pixels, that difference is not really there anymore. So it's a little bit that Pareto principle, right? You know, the 80-20 rule where you, you need to put in was like 80% of the effort to get still 20% of the of the of the improvement and eventually that's going to less like you know get less and less and less and less so uh, I I don't know if I don't know if I'd be willing to actually invest in something like that if I can get something cheaper that gives me maybe 80% of the quality of that just because of the quality is so high while I would have to invest far less into that I think there's other things like software related or maybe games or business productivity efficiency that I would like to see improved far more. 
Uh, of course, that's not something that that Vario will do. But yeah. uh, I, I I think that those are things for me personally that would be more important than like a really high, very specific kind of headset because I know that you know if I wait just a little bit longer those technologies will become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and eventually they'll become standard. Um, and I don't think I really need to invest in that right now. Yeah. Just in general. There's no returns. I, I, it's so true. I've been thinking a lot about that is I, 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 there's a few, there's two, there's two things that probably I, that I come to my mind first. It's field of view and eye tracking. Those are two technologies that sound so important to a core headset functionality until you start looking at uh, software as a developer or an engineer. The reality is that most VR development is designed with head tracking from a software perspective. They're not using APIs for eye rendering and all this stuff. And so they could replicate the same, you know, uh, graphical cheats that they would apply to eye tracking by just anchoring that to your head. So eye tracking at that point now is rendered useless unless you're building software for eye tracking and most eye tracking software mm. isn't really designed for games unless you do something like the i forgot the name of it for psvr with the blinking stuff but it's not as important for value added proposition for a device in my opinion and field of view is the same thing right i hear people always try to make arguments and Adam might have something to say about that with a review upcoming with the Pimax. It, it, it's, I, I, I'm personally not a big fan. And the more I've been, you know, more focused on smaller form factor headsets, I think a lot about field of view because field of view can actually be solved with something like eye tracking, right? Because now you can have uh, receptors that can anticipate where your eyes going to look at and thus refresh the environment to ensure that that compasses what you're going to be looking at. So then now the eye field of view is kind of resolved instead of having a giant panel over your face. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on it. But um, nice. up next, uh, Adam, take it away with your, which is perfect lead into this, uh, your Pimax Crystal review. Yay. All right, let me bring all this big old sucker. So for those of you who yeah. probably may not have seen one, hold on. Let me, I'm going to work out the, the guns while I'm here. I have to make sure I'm also <laughs> in frame because you're probably not going to be able to see the whole thing. But um, yes, Pimax Crystal, big O, big O headsets, big O FOV, big resolution. Um, the the gist of this headset is it's that uh, it's twenty eighty or um, twenty eight eighty by twenty eight eighty pixels per eye, powered by mini LED twelve K display. Um, so there's a couple interesting things about this headset. I'm sorry, I can't hold it the whole time because you know it's a little hefty. <laughs> but that's a big chunky uh, boy. Yeah. Oof. What is interesting about this headset is they decided to do PC VR option and standalone. So um, I'll <laughs> I'll touch on maybe the just general graphics and resolution, my opinions of that first before I kind of dive into the individuals. But um, so I will say visual wise, it is sharp. It, it's sharp. Text is so clear. Uh, the colors look great on it. Um, so Pimax is doing what they're good at. <laughs> visuals that's probably my highlight of the headsets and maybe a couple more but uh, we're gonna see that i had some issues with it um kind of like what you mentioned though jose even though it does have a wide fov it's uh, 170 horizontal 200 diagonal i believe so like wide angle lens look um personally to me that doesn't 
make as big of a difference to me compared to the resolution. Like I like the sharpness and the clarity. Plus if for me, at least with, I'm, I'm going to be basing off of my version. So anyone else may have had different results with theirs, but if you do look kind of, you know, move to the corners, it still seems blurry anyway. And I tend to not look like that far to the side. Certain games I had that, um, was it chromatic abbreviation, certain games though, mm. not all of them, which was, I'm not sure why. Um, refresh rate, you can do 90 or 120. Uh, I guess for reference, my PC is a 3070. I've got a Ryzen 7 CPU and 32 gigabytes of RAM. So at 120, I didn't have any issues. Um, but what I did notice, kind of like with the, for some, if you've had experience with the PSVR 2 and Call of the Mountain, um, when you're still, things are very sharp. But for me, if I were to like start moving around, uh, it almost had that like motion blurry effect to things that I didn't like. And this also seemed to be kind of game dependent too, which was weird. And I couldn't really figure out why. There were a lot of kind of annoying inconsistencies and whys with this headset. Like sometimes um, it would work great in games. Sometimes it would randomly make Steam VR crash. Sometimes the display uh, would just get frozen, but the game and Steam VR was still running. And this could be within the same game, within different games. Like I could never really pinpoint the whys and not to keep going down like a complainy thing about it, but setting this up was, I don't have much hair now, but was <laughs> hair pulling. And uh, so you think, so they have, you know, a little tiny little quick guide, you know, cute little, this, this thing. And it's okay, just plug, you know, display port, USB-C. They also give you, uh, at least the one that I had, a powered USB hub to kind of make it a little easier with different um, international, you know, plugins for your country. And so cool. I, I downloaded their Plymax Play software. Can, can you show the headset. device uh, one more yeah. time? Yes. I'm, uh, I'm just going to put you Let a bit uh, bigger. Yeah, that's a huge. Yeah, so. <laughs> Man, um, that is a big. It's it's so weird because you see it. You always see it online, but like seeing it compared to your hands. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that's it's a huge quite, headset. <laughs> trying to take a thumbnail with this thing was very awkward. I'm like, how do yeah. I look good in this? I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not a bad looking headset, but it's just big, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's, I, I feel like the face cushion needs to be different because, or my head's too small because the back knob doesn't quite go all the way. Like I have it as tight as it'll go, but I feel like the, the face plate could sit against my face better. And that's Closer. also another problem I had. Yeah, because then there's so much wiggle room in the front because it's oh, not really that. touching completely. So the sweet spot is kind of moving around a lot. And it is one of right. those kind of sweet spot, sweet spot. Uh, does, it still, does it still like light up on I the was front? Gonna I say, always like that. The V? I don't think so. Cause when I, I mean, I, I don't really, I haven't really looked at myself with it on, but of course I don't think it does. I don't think I always so. like that. Yeah. Like it, it looked kind of badass, like predator style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I've never understood the, the thing about Pimax for me. It, it's like, it's for what you're describing and, and the issues that, that you said that you don't know where the software, it, it, it's very hard to, to quality assure with so different titles, but I, I don't really know if you know this, but I remember original Pimax and you mentioned there was a software involved. Do you know if the Pimax software is upscaling mm -hmm the the game uh, into so another thing that's confusing they used to use pi tool the software pi tool but now they're moving over to pimax play but i don't think they've completely moved 
everything over yet because if you if you need help in something all of the references refer to pi tool and it's like but they want pimax play now um and so even things like um well okay let me going back to even just the setup i after i unplugged and replugged the USB-C display port into like any other port that I could tried without the hub with the hub. You know what it was? There's this little extender port that is, sorry, I got caught in my lady chest there. There's a little extender port on here that they use because it's really, uh, I can't even show you. It's, it's awkward to get the port. It's plugged into oh, the because it's face, using the original. And so hmm. when I plugged it into the extender, that's, it wasn't, reading that for some reason. So I just had to bypass the extender and just plug it directly into the headset and then boom, it worked. But now I have this, I think you can remove it, but I'm like, why did you even have this? Like this adds yeah. more weight to something that I'm not even going to use. And now I've got a weird extra cable that's like just hanging out there. So I've got to figure out if I can take that out. But These guys are buying weird... like all the parts from HTC. <laughs> like, it's like, like, that's like, exactly the cable. That's the display port interface for the Vipro too. <laughs> it puts like a almost kind of worrying yeah. uh, kind of kink up here too. Like yeah. it's hard to, t- to see it, but the way that the, you have to kind of remove the facial interface interface in order to plug this thing in. And so once you have it back in, it sort of kink, not kinks it, but it, it puts like, I can see like some, you know, like the, the wires moving mm-hmm. upwards a little more now. So it's I don't actually, know what that's going to do. It's so funny you, you mentioned that. So I, I wish I could show you if I wouldn't know you were to talk about that. But the original Vive and the Vive Pro suffer from from this, and it's because the the interface is right on the right side of the headset. So when you wiggle just enough of that cable, if your cable gets removed from the back hook, it could yank out from the actual motherboard. So this is their way of avoiding that. So they just fixed a physical vulnerability of the original Vive and Vive Pro which confuses me what exactly is Pimax's goal. Like, are they in the business of trying to cannibalize HTC's hardware or are they building hardware for a specific use case? Because calling it Pimax Play worries me. I never seen the Pimax and I, and I love Pimax. I love their hardware, like their visuals, but I always saw their hardware as training. Like, I don't like the idea of telling any gamer to put on that giant headset. Well, okay, going back to that, though, I also mm-hmm. tried the standalone function, which really doesn't make sense to me because it's, I mean, if you compare it to the Quest, which is way, way lighter, way smaller, way more portable. And I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to grow it, of course, so I can't knock them too much on this, but it's got like, there's like nine games total, maybe in their store or apps, not even games. Um, some of them were just like in you know, art apps. It, I didn't see much reason to stick around to with the standalone, especially for $1,600. You know, if you want to get something like this that's heavy and doesn't have much on it just for standalone. And if they got rid of the standalone, I felt like maybe it could have made, uh, you know, a cheaper kind of, if they fixed some of the software bugs, decent, you know, PC VR headset. So it's kind of like, why did you... What? Like, I have a lot of whys yeah. <laughs> when it comes to this uh, headset. The 80-20 like, rule. Like, like Rowdy said, it's so true. <laughs> it really applies right. to this one. Man. I don't understand. What a bummer. But otherwise, like, you know, controller is very questy. We, we kind of... I I do know some people maybe have had issues with tracking, but I, they worked fine to me. They pretty much worked instantly. Um, Inside-out tracking, so it's kind of 
what you expect for inside out tracking. Oh, the eye tracking. That's another sort of mini tangent (laughs) that I wanted to go on. I, I didn't realize. So there's eye tracking built in, of course, but it wasn't actually, you couldn't actually use it until maybe like a week ago. And I'm like, how long has this thing been out? And they're touting eye tracking, but it was, well, you could in, in like beta, right? But it wasn't something that the average, the normal user who just bought one expecting eye tracking could get. So finally they had a software upper, uh, software update for eye tracking. Um, Faviated rendering, which is supposed to oh, work with any Steam VR game. Um, not so much. So for, if you, they have a dynamic faviated rendering option in the software that you can have different toggles of like between balanced, extreme, none, what have you. It's it's not so simple as just like clicking the thing and then thinking it'll work. Like they have actually a compatibility list for the games, which is quite short at the moment, which surprised me because again, I thought that they said it's supposed to work with most DMVR games. But anyway, they also have a quad view faviated rendering now. But I would argue that's not for the casual VR user because you have to not only download Pimax Play, but the OpenXR Toolkit, Pimax XR, Windows OpenXR Runtime. Like as soon as I looked into this, I was like, oh, I thought that it would just work. <laughs> like I didn't have to yeah. download all this third party stuff. To be fair, like, I mean, as far as I know, Pimax, I never owned a Pimax products and I never actually used one. But um, their devices are very much catered towards a very what I think is a very small niche audience of Sim. tinkerers yes. who yeah. like to, you know, who don't mind spending hours or days in like perfecting their setup to then have something that they just, once they have everything set up, then it works. You know, they have the best quality they can get. If you can get that with this device, I don't know, but I do think this is not a headset probably for a casual gamer no, no, or for no. someone who just wants to try out VR. But this is for someone who really likes a very specific type of game or like, for example, simulation, I, uh, flight yeah. simulator or yeah. like whatever it is. And they want, you know, a tool that improves their setup and they don't mind spending hours and even maybe like coding themselves specific kind of things to make it interact with whatever other device that they have or using toolkits or whatever. So I do think that the audience that they're aiming for is very different compared to what you would have with, for example, the Quest. That's fair. But I feel like they aren't marketing it necessarily that way. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, gamers maybe. No, yeah, no. (laughs) That's The only thing when I see that headset, um, and now that we know, and we talked about it last podcast, that now that we know that, headsets are going to be moving to having like dual CPU architectures. I think Pimax might accidentally um, unironically end up having probably the best form factors for these super giant spatial computers that are going to be running on your head and they're going to require so much cooling. But, so but think- they'll do something like, you know, like, you know, like uh, a Quest comes out with like two CPUs and they're like, we have 16. Yo, can like, you oh. imagine? <laughs> Pimax comes out with one that just wraps around your entire head. <laughs> But yeah, I feel bad to kind of rag on it too much, but it's definitely, it was more, it was a lot of, it was a lot of work, uh, but yeah. it is, they do deliver on visuals. Like I said, it's really, textures were so crispy. Which and is important. text was sharp. Yeah, I was like, this is, but, you know, at the end of the day, whenever I would go through some longer form testings, just because it wouldn't quite 
fit on my head right or things would crash. Or at one point I, I even had these weird like white grain boxes just pop in. I was like, oh, that's kind of a something's going on there. I, I would just go back to my index because I know everything's I put it on. It's going to fit right. This, you know, everything's going to be sharp immediately when I put it on. Things aren't going to crash like it was just. You know, try old faithful versus like, <laughs> let's try the Pimax and hope this session goes well, sort of a thing for me. But um, but yeah, Tinkerers, I can definitely imagine liking something like this. And I know it's very popular with like elite dangerous uh flight sim kind of people. And I apologize, but my camera keeps deciding to die <laughs> on me. So I'll keep fixing the that. The Pimax but, gods yeah, don't like this, they don't approve. <laughs> yeah, so there's this I feel like there's a lot of fat they could have also cut from the headset just in terms of functions like just get rid of the standalone get rid of the you know maybe fi- find a better spot for the display port you don't need this extender oh and also the audio um the over-ear audio that's an additional mine happened to come with it but i believe it's like a hundred dollars extra and if you want the uh base station lighthouse faceplate that's an additional like two hundred dollars or something i tried to see if i could get my trackers working with something like um, open VR space calibrator. But when I read the fine print, I was like, oh shoot, that only works with Oculus drivers. So I couldn't mm. get it. I couldn't find any like workarounds for this yet. But uh so yeah, that's it's uh I, I don't know. Nice. Still a cool headset. <laughs> it's, it's I don't think thing. you ragged on it very much. I think you were just honest. I, I think it's a cool headset. It's just I wouldn't play Half Life on it's it. Not, you know yeah. I mean? It's not for me. I just want something that I don't have, yeah, have to tinker same, around I'm with. The same, you know? like, uh, I mean, I, I do love tinkering, but like not when I want to play a game. Yeah. 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 yeah tinkering yeah, when yeah, you yeah. want to tinker, not when you just want to yeah. put it on and expect it to work. Um, yeah. I'm like that too. Yeah. yeah. Same. Uh, yeah. I agree. I, I, I always see the Pimax and the, the, the Vario. Um, these headsets, I always saw them as like the, the high end headsets that developers target and then they downscale as they're ready to port it to other devices. I never saw it as the headset that you actually target or, or build something for. Like it's it's very interesting, but yeah, that's thank you so much, Adam, for the for yeah, that thanks. review, and hopefully yeah. some simmers can make the Pimax crystal shine because it would be cool to see. And last we have MetaConnect. Uh, we have next week they're they're doing their announcement, but at the same time they we we all know this. There's a lot of people dealing with the FOMO right now. They have been hyper careful when he gets to go to to the connect event and who doesn't um it looks like there a lot of people are upset about that but i kind of woke up with this thought the other day it's isn't that exactly what we should be expecting from future meta connects and also know what you guys think so as someone who had never been to physical meta connect kind of kind of sad about it what how big physically are these events like where does it usually take Huge. place that other do they have uh like a ven not vendors but like maybe game developers actually set up booths is there like a show floor yeah so so i mean the the meta connects that or the oculus connects that i've been to because i've never been to a meta i don't think there's ever <laughs> been a meta connect so no no yeah um no. the oculus connects like they had uh I mean, the last one was the where I saw they were making a switch, and I think we talked it because we did a podcast back there as well with the F Reality crew back then, uh, and we talked that we felt that they were aiming more for a business direction, which then makes sense as well when they released their new their new Quest device, um, the Quest Pro, um, afterwards. And 
I, I think the first one that I went to, which I think was four. I think I went to four, the first one. Four and five. Oculus Connect four and five is the one of the ones I went to. Mm -hmm. The four one was amazing because they were really heavily focused on that gaming uh, industry. They had a huge... Uh, onward competitive scene that was going on they had massive boots on the stage where people were playing onward against each other and they had like a like a casting team and they had uh, uh, a few other games that were there being uh, played competitively as well they had awards that were there at the team that won like $25,000 or whatever it was and then you had uh, game developers on different uh, boots where you could try out you know like the new Oculus titles that were coming out um, I don't remember anymore, which I know I played uh, Asgard's Wrath, but I think that was at the last one, the Oculus Connect 5. Uh, and also, um, how is their other one called again? Well, whatever. They they played, uh, they, they would use like their, their big titles that were coming out and these kind of events. And then you had, you know, pretty much every Oculus developer, you know, who was making VR titles would be on the show floor as well. Sometimes they had an official boots. But oftentimes there were, you had this big hallway where you had like, you know, a buffet of food every day. You had the meta breakfast that is probably so famous because that's what their employees get every time. You had a Starbucks <laughs> booth in there that was just like you get like free Starbucks the entire time. So, oh, I mean, man. they really okay. didn't look at anything when they were, when they, it, like your food trucks and everything is in there. And then you just like spoke to developers who made their new game and they would show it to you. Uh, they had a, you know, I don't know, like maybe 60 to 100 influencers that were invited that would just like, you know, like show off, you know, their experience. They even had like, I think they even paid for some bigger v uh, YouTube YouTubers to come there. Uh, awesome. I, I, yeah, just to make videos on the event and stuff who were not VR YouTubers. Uh, I, I wonder if it's then, a money yeah, you thing had... then, you know? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, 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 that's a lot of spending. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's a money thing. It's because uh, I think they have they have so much money. I don't think they really care much about that. I think it's more about wanting to change directions a little bit. Because yeah. I feel like I still feel like they, at least they feel like they have the gaming industry tied down. Yeah. That everyone who wants to play VR games plays them on the on the Quest. You know, that's the device to go to. So I feel like the effort that they've put in back then kind of pays off now with like their device being the most prominent VR gaming device. So I think now they feel a little bit more pressure coming from, you know, other companies like Apple or like, you know, other companies that are more aiming at like maybe a business direction. So they want to, you know, make their events a little bit less gaming focused, a little bit more focused on, you know, the the the, the social media aspect of, 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 of it being Facebook still, you know, it being meta. Uh, so I think that that's the direction they're going. I, I noticed that the last couple of connects already, even with the influencers that they are inviting, it's not really that much gaming focus. There's still going to be gaming sections, but they're very much watered down yeah. um, compared to what they once were, yeah. in my like, experience. Okay. I, I, like I an expansion agree. then. Mm. Yeah. Or like expansion, but not with size, uh, but just genre, I guess, type. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I agree, and it's and it's so interesting because at the same time, and 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 Rodney, I sent you the link for this. This is an article from a few days ago where Meta is actually amplifying their employees to get back into their offices. Uh, here's a business insider article. I'll read the the headline for you guys. Meta is bolstering perks like happy hours and company swag as it pushes staff to return to office. 
despite despite its year of efficiency. Um, so to highlight, yeah, it looks like the tech giant has revived employee perks. They're looking at company merch and snack bars. I saw something that I, I don't see if it's in this article or, or one, but I believe that they said they have LaCroix water fountains being installed. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm, I'm still too, uh, too much of a European to know what oh, that is. Please La explain what this is. LaCroix is... Uh, La LaCroix? <laughs> it's sparkling drink flavored water. It's sparkling water, but it's flavored. You know what? So, I, that, why, why is that special? That's you can just buy that and oh, for it's, some reason, America thinks it's fancy, yeah. fancy special water. And I don't so know why it's like the like bougie. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I don't know why it's so highly requested. I don't understand it yeah. either. I'm from but this it's country. It's just lime flavor. Yeah, I don't no, know, but you I, know what, what makes what me I mad? Found funny, what I found funny is that the article. Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight it here. <laughs> so it says the perks included branded T-shirts. You know, very. I, I would really love to have that. Happy Pajamas. hours, laundry services, oh. and free haircuts. What? And then the picture they used of, of Mark was, was this one. And I'm like, is he using the free haircut Mark service? Mark is cutting already? people's hair himself. Like, <laughs> what, is, what is going on there? Like, Oh, no. Do you think that they did the same? Do you think Mark did the same thing that they did with the guy who painted the mural? You know how, like, Facebook early days, they paid a guy for a mural in stock? Maybe they got a barber that was like, yo, we'll pay you in stock if Meta becomes a billionaire. And so this guy's I mean, learning as he goes. <laughs> Just I think some hair. of the services is cool, but I know yeah. as somebody who has received like brand branded merch instead of raises, yeah. like, you know, you get like, here, you've been at the company for 10 years. There's a water bottle <laughs> with your name on it. It's so, like, oh my God, what? This money could have gone towards yeah. my more money towards dude, my salary. Like, I'm hyped right like now. This crap. But to, to be fair, though, I, I I think that meta salaries are probably pretty good. Yeah, though. they're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty, yeah. That's, like, I, I think I think if I had that salary, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, that, yeah. I was about to say, like, if it was like that, I'd I be like, like, yo, my company true. competing with meta. Yo, we got shirts. I'll do laundry. I'll give y'all haircuts. <laughs> like, come, <laughs> if it's not about the salary, I just want happy hours. Like, come on in. I got y'all. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But I, I mean, yeah. I. Like I'm not gonna lie, I, I love these kind of things. Like I, I do think that they make things more fun. Like yeah. I, like if you get funny perks, I mean they like again of course the salary is most important. But I'm pretty sure that like considering the 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 hiring process of a company like Meta, if yeah. you if you get in there, you know you can get a job pretty much anywhere. So they're paying their employees, or at least I mean I don't know you know which employees get these benefits, but. They're pretty. I'm pretty sure they pay their. They pay them good. The older employees a, a pretty premium kind of salary, because uh, and the, the I think the the happy hour and the uh, the the shirts it's more for like, you know, creating a community because you know that's the what Meta is about and doing that on the work floor as well that you know you belong mm -hmm. to the to the family of Meta, Meta whatever it is like you know all that. American kind of like and Meta know, offices are of here a, in Miami, yeah. so their happy hours get lit. Like I, 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 know, I know, I know where the where, where they be at. I, <laughs> I honestly, I honestly think that's a very smart idea. If you want to bring people back to the office, you need to create a fun office environment. Yeah, and just increasing the salary is not gonna bring people back. I think these kind of things are probably smarter. I don't think this is a bad decision. Like, uh, I, I would go back to the office if there wasn't happy hour. You know? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about it now, too. It's like, what would, what would incentivize me to to consider um, even that kind of old school 
uh, company because I truly believe that and it's and that's the reason I brought it up and I wanted to make it a new subject because it's so weird how people have expectations from a social interaction focused company to have any kind of public facing or or, or rather on site infrastructure let alone running the company in that in that approach but maybe maybe the maybe meta might be rolling back on that reality where the metaverse includes real life and that's yeah, and, and i saw that uh, i just saw that substatic guy gave like a good comment and I, I completely agree with that i think the uh, he says that the perks are likely better value for morale than distributing mm. that same money into direct compensation and i think that's exactly what they, i mean I meta knows what they're doing you know, they probably have an entire psychology team on board that like says like how we're gonna bring people back to the office. Yeah. And they they've done like forty studies and they realize that I'm this sure. is probably Yo, I'm pretty sure they, they know the what data doing. in yeah. that if they did a questionnaire, that data is like happy hour, happy hour, happy hour, <laughs> happy hour. What what would bring you back in the office? And then like, you know Yeah, like, that's so true. <laughs> man, that's man, that's a good way of uh and I guess last question would be do you guys have any like last minute MetaQuest, MetaConnect uh, expectations or something you want to see from the event? I mean, like, I'm going to say probably what I said before is like, I like, like, they have the gaming section pretty much tied down. On the business side of things, I would like them to come out with something spectacular. Oof, like, really yeah. that you see now, like, oh, wow, you you see the application of this. Like, like, we, we all saw the Apple keynote where, of course, what they were showing was it was a little bit of a dream. And Facebook has done that before as well. But if they actually come out with a product that you can like, you know, from, you know, if you have a MetaQuest Pro or maybe even, well, I, I don't think the MetaQuest, but if you have the Pro device, you know, this is what you can do with it right now. And something that really like, you know, sparks it off. I don't think per se this is already going to happen, happen but that would make me super excited Same. about it. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Adam? I don't know about super excited, but I have predictions that I'm sure we're going to see a ton of like AR related stuff. Yeah. A lot of mixed reality, right. everything. I don't know whether that's going to be probably maybe I guess it's going to lean mostly in gaming, but there's a potential for it to lean also in more, you know, businessy or um, some kind of even medical potentially. I don't I can't see I just can't see quests going into something as quote unquote serious as like the medical field, maybe yeah. business yeah. at most for meetings and whatever they've kind of tried. So I don't know. I know we're going to, I I'm almost guaranteed that we're going to hear about the quest coming at quest three uh, available for pre-order come MetaConnect, probably available shortly after, mm -hmm. but I don't really know what else to expect other than the AR, <laughs> a lot of AR stuff. I, I mean, I'm biased in that, uh, I find all the business stuff kind of boring. No offense, Rowdy. And that, that would make sense <laughs> for them to mix it up a little and not have yeah. so much gaming. But, you know, if my personal preference is yeah. will we'll always be games and of what course. else uh, yeah. different technology yeah. and stuff comes out for it. So we'll see. I don't yeah. know. I think I would say, uh, funny enough, I, I think I stand weirdly enough a little bit with what Rowdy said. I think what I would love to see from Meta is if they're going to pay attention to the enterprise professional space like Medical Adam, I think what they need to do is really solidify the pro part of the Quest Pro. I think this will be a good opportunity for them to say, hey, you know, and, and this I said this in private with some colleagues and they almost uh, roasted me at the stake. But 
I think that this is an opportunity to build a new store. And it's scary to say that because Meta has a, they're, they're, the way they run their stores are very intense and rigorous, but I think a enterprise or a business store, uh, even having its own email account or something like that would be really cool to, uh, to kind of see the space moving that way because truth of the matter is there are companies and I mentioned, and funny enough, they reached out to me, ArborXR, ManageXR, I mentioned them last week, that are doing the work out there and connecting with the companies that are building, you know, the the flagship products and software for enterprise and commercial, but you don't see them in the app store. You're, you're lucky if you can find them on App Lab, right? They're, they're, they're actually directly sending the APKs to their customers, right? So it would be cool to see that kind of start getting centralized in a way that the people who are building this software feel in power and not cannibalized by a platform like Meta. Yeah, you know what? Actually, yeah. okay, I, I thought about this as you were saying that's kind of not directly related, but I want to see more use, and this probably makes more sense during COVID time, but like connections, like the benefit of VR headset in connect, and not only just business meetings, like they always show the board, yeah. like, but maybe, you know, you're talking to a long distance friend, they're probably, they'd probably use uh, Horizon Worlds as their example, unfortunately, which I don't think would be the, the best, but it makes sense because it's meta, but showing how useful VR can be in that physical presence of, you know, you're actually getting to meet your friends from different states far away. Or if you're in a long distance relationship, you kind of get to maybe have some semblance of being phys like physical together, something like that. Like I'd love to see more of the, on the social side of it. That's, that's not as weirdly gimmicky as some of the horizon yeah. stuff has been, or maybe then vast improvements to horizon to make it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what would make it better. Maybe not and, so cartoonish, childy, even though it's for adults. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And and do you think you will get to see uh, GTA? No. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I I I, I and I and it's weird because I would have said no, but I I I think this is time. I think it's time. I we have Tokyo Game Show going crazy this week. Um. I, I was talking to to some buddies that mentioned this. It's um, Half Life was shown during this season for the first time because I and I and I remember that because this is for me in my personal professional life. It's IAPA season, and that's leading up to co commercial and enterprise VR being really big on the news. So if we're gonna see anything with with games or flagships for the next year, where I think it's gonna be now. So I hope we see it. And leading that up to our last bit here with Adam, who's closing in the show with Brush of Gold, as we say, with releases. <laughs> so Adam, take it away. Yeah, yeah. So we have, I believe we've got three here for you. Uh, the first one is Islanders VR, which is coming out September 28th for the Quest. Uh, this game's been out on flat screen for some time. It's uh, basically a minimalist strategy game about building cities on colorful islands. And your goal is to populate and enrich each island with your creations and you unlock new buildings as you go. Uh, so very calming, minimalistic simulator game. Not like a, like a, I don't want to say a watered down Sim City because that sounds mean, but like a easier sim city like a yeah. calming more zen sim cities kind of a game uh, but that's gonna be you said. <laughs> i thought you said what? you don't want to say that 
don't want to call it watered down Sim, Sim City because it's mean, but that's exactly what I thought of as like well, I think it's, it's a, a negative thing, thing but yeah. it's a yeah, it's like not as micromanagey intense. Mm-hmm. Like look out for all of the natural disasters ever, but um, but yeah, September twenty eighth on the quest thirteen ninety nine U S dollars eleven forty three pounds, and that's for Islanders VR. Next nice. up, we have uh, oh boy, this is I oh god, I just love good old sports ball. NFL Pro Era 2. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be out for Quest and PC VR the 28th. Um, there's going to be a new online 11v11 multiplayer and a revamped career mode. So for those of you who love sports ball, American football. America! Um, that's going to be yeah, yeah, sports ball. I'm like, I don't know crap about football. It's probably good, I guess. NFL, you know, you've probably heard of it. <laughs> September 28th. Quest PC VR, like, twenty nine ninety nine. Like, yeah. How 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 must this be in VR? Like, because if I look, I mean, they, they they show this like this guy, like the trailer is literally like a guy jumping around and like you know like swirling like it's football around it's or something. A and it, and like, it's re- yeah, yeah, but then it has like fifteen seconds of actual gameplay or something. Not even <laughs> like six seconds of like actual gameplay, but. Like, I really wonder how does this like how do you run? It's a pass simulator. It's not really, you don't really run as much. You, what you're doing, it's hyper, I don't know what the second, the sequel is going to do, but think about the first few seconds of a football game. Like when you, you know, the quarterback gets the ball, you throw it, you pass it, you might get tackled. So all of the, what happens within those few seconds, that's the actual game. So they scale that out. That's it. That's the first version of the game. Um, I don't know what they're doing with the second one. I I do know that the first one does have, some active development, like they added multiplayer, but it's still the, that the, that sa- those same calls. So you're doing just but a quarterback. Like, like I'm I'm gonna show the clip again. Yeah. And they show like in the beginning, there's this guy like you can see the heads. I mean, I don't know if they do it on purpose just mm-hmm. to, like to make it seem more, but you can see him like literally like like running in that's place. New. Like yeah, that's that's actually a new thing. I think that that's why they're calling it NFL. That that's why they're calling it a sequel because it makes no sense to make that part of the original game. The original game. You do have some momentum. You can move, but it's not. You're not really playing as a football player. You're not a wide receiver. You're the quarterback. So you you get just the move to throw the ball, the passes. You make the calls. It, it, it's not as in depth as you might imagine. I don't know if the second one might actually take it to the next level, and eventually NFL. The the one after that might just be straight up call a Madden NFL game because now you have player control. You can also have the quarterback. You can select plays. It's it's really cool the way that they're that they're going about this. It's that they're building a core mechanic that works, which is really close to the real experience, and then they're emulating that as they go or or, or growing it. <laughs> I saw that I saw that Will Moss said, but Rowdy, that is what American football is. It's really Ten seconds first. It's okay. <laughs> I take everything back. I, I mean, I I don't know anything about this. <laughs> anyway, September twenty eighth. Quest PCVR $29.99 US dollars or $24.50 pounds. That is NFL Pro Era 2. Sports ball. Oh, <laughs> sports ball. <laughs> finally, we've got the, the last one, which is out of hand. This is a sort of expanded, I like to call it expanded gorilla tag. It's a platforming adventure game, has sort of the same ability where you're just a 
ball with arms and you, it, oh, you God, have to go through these creepy. different <laughs> platforming things. You, if you think that's creepy, let me read the description that was in the yeah. store page because I thought it was interesting. It's due to not being dumb enough, you have been selected for immediate termination. Not like fired gone, more like dead gone. To save yourself and your brethren, you must platform, jump, bounce, and punch your way through the evil doctor's laboratory with your uh, very long arms to take him down and all his baddies. Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's out of hand. Okay, but you know the gameplay what? looks fun, though. Yeah, it's smart. It's smart to leverage on the gorilla tag mechanics because it's like it's gorilla tag, but if you want something other than monkeys and maybe has a storyline and more maps, then just you know try out of hand. So I think it's like. It's genius for them to release this when they have super cool. And also the mechanics, like, I don't know if you know this, but there's a part like there's like a breakable, like, floor block and like they slam their hands on the floor as they're falling to break through. It, it, it's yeah. just, it just looks like super silly and fun because you just go, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys, like, one of my favorite things for VR is just sitting like, I know people hate the screeching kids in, in VR, but I really believe that's the you're one of them oh exactly so i love I, I love to interact with that so I, I i i can already see holiday season like kids just flailing like crazy and smacking each other and it's i'm here for it man we're gonna have a bunch of kids with like huge arms just big buff kids <laughs> vr kids <laughs> oh no oh dude they're, big buff kids yo like can you imagine that like Oh, they tell you they're, they're, only like, upper I'm sorry, body only. Your kid is. You, but, we're gonna have to tell you. Like we're gonna give you advice. You should probably not let your kid play gorilla tag in VR anymore. Like <laughs> <laughs> anyway, out of hand. September twenty eighth, out on the quest. It's gonna be nineteen ninety nine US dollars and about sixteen thirty three pounds. So go get your gorilla tag fix, or if you want to try something that's not gorilla tag but kinda, you've got out of hand to look forward to. Let's go. All right. Are you guys ready to end this show? Hell yeah. So chat, cheers for being here to those of you in chat today. Before we go back to dream about the upcoming MetaConnect, so we'd like to reflect on any final thoughts, chat. Let us know as I read the final uh, and say the Zim's uh, last closing notes. The no F Reality Podcast. We, we, I, I, I miss you, Zim. Don't listen. <laughs> Just send, send him some... Send me some love. And, no and make stuff. sure you mention me at those Meta Connect happy hours. The F, Reality, the F Reality Podcast sets off fortnightly, runs every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. So this brother podcast goes live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the UK. So for all your listeners on Spotify, SoundCloud, and the everlasting iTunes that get their dues midweek following the live show, thanks to you guys, you legends. So... Thank you guys again.